bonus episode here uh, with the Way Podcast because it is a snow day. And so just here in the basement today, I'm reading a little bit more again in Genesis. And we're going to be looking at the next part of Genesis chapter 19 after God has destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot is now at the run um, with his daughters. His wife has passed away because she has looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah and um, we talked about this is really that representation of us being attached to the world. And Jesus says that those who put their hands to the plow and look back are not fit uh, for the kingdom of heaven. That following Christ and living a life committed to him is hard work. It's going to have suffering in it. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be struggles. Um, but we really have to have a militant uh, mindset that Second Timothy says that we must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is saying that if we put our hands to the plow of serving him and look back and think, you know, the world looks better and we, we start to want to go back towards Egypt, that kind of thinking and that behavior is not worthy of the kingdom of God. And that is what happens to Lot's wife as she looks back and um, she is turned to salt. And just like that coming of the day of the Lord, are we ready for when he returns? <clears throat> And so we talked about that last week, and now um, Lot and his, his daughters are on the move, and um, they run into a very interesting situation here that actually involves incest that we're going to look at here. And, but this scripture is very applicable to us today because what it really touches on when it comes to mental health and addiction is the worst case scenario when we get into our mind and we start to think about the worst case scenario what could be happening and people with anxiety you know always feel like they're sick or there's something terminally wrong with them or um, you know obsessively think over certain things that a lot of this can come from the worst case scenario that's ringing in our mind um, and that could involve intrusive thoughts now why does this happen? I think it happens for two reasons. One is a sin issue. One is a physical issue. We'll start with the physical issue that when we are in a constant state of fight or flight, this could happen from trauma. This could happen from addictions. This could happen from um, just constant unbroken stress in our, in our life over a long period of time. But whatever causes us to get into this fight or flight cycle, what starts to happen is the frontal part of our brain that helps us rationalize and helps us um, filter out obsessive thinking or irrational thoughts this starts to not um, this part of our brain starts to not work as well starts to not process as well and it can't help filter our thoughts in the way that it normally can and so as a result we're dealing with more intense irrational obsessive thoughts everyone has those at some level but again our brain is able to help us rationalize uh, things and realize you know that isn't um, rational and those thoughts don't really end up sticking um, in our mind now when we're stuck in this fight or flight, we may, again, deal with obsessive thoughts, irrational thinking, worst case scenario um, at, a, at a deeper level. And now I did. I know I really struggled with this more on a physical basis. So I, I would have physical symptoms and it was just like I'd get this worry about, man, what's going on with my body and why am I feeling this way? And, um, you know, specifically when it came to, um, I remember panic attacks that I would have and I didn't know really what panic attacks were and I'd get them in the middle of the night. Um, I would feel like I was dying. And, you know, the first couple of times I ended up at the hospital because um, it felt like I was having a heart attack. You know, I'd get super nauseous, chest would hurt, heart would pound, um, heart rate, you know, would go through through the work, um, through the roof. I'd get blurred vision, um, super lightheaded, sometimes dizzy, um, like vertigo. And I would just get this intense, horrible feeling of dread. Um, 
a feeling of just coldness would rush through my body, you know, shakes in my hands and, um, you know, my legs would get rigid. And so, I mean, it was almost like paralyzing. And so the first couple of times, you know, I, I'm thinking I'm definitely dying, you know, um, but I wasn't. And so when you deal with something over and over, like for me, it was anxiety and different physical symptoms. You can start to um, try to control things and you can start to be afraid and you can jump to the worst case scenario. And that leads to our second reason that this can happen and that is sin that living by fear living by control and trying to foresee everything is sinful and we need to be able to um, rest in <clears throat> the the truth and the power of jesus christ and ultimately his sovereignty that he's in control that all things work for the good of those who love god and are called according to his purpose even a panic attack, whatever it may be that's going in our life, we can trust that if we love God and we obey his will, all things will work um, for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Now, our definition of good changes because our definition of good is not just what benefits me, but my definition of good shifts to, again, a selfless view, not selfish, but a selfless view that I want to glorify God, I want to ex um, advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, and whatever happens to me that results in God's glory and my sanctification is good. It doesn't have to be my happiness, but it's just God's glory and my sanctification. Those are the two things that I'm focused on in my life. And so with all that to be said, I want to look at Genesis chapter 19 and how worst case scenario thinking and obsessive thinking, fearful thinking causes immense damage um, in these people's lives and why we need to be redeemed in Jesus Christ. And he shows that in the scripture. So I'm just going to read this whole section, um, but it's Genesis chapter 19. Um, now he says, Now Lot went up out of Zor and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zor. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. So right off the bat, Lot is afraid um, to live in this city. Why is he afraid? The Bible doesn't necessarily say. I think it could be a couple reasons. One, it could be that um, they are foreigners in this new land because Sodom and Gomorrah have been destroyed and he may just be af afraid that they've been they would be taken advantage of. He could be afraid that God's going to bring judgment to the surrounding regions because they maybe were also wicked. Uh, or he could just be fearful in the sense of after going through the trauma or the tragedy of what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah, that now he's in isolation mode and he's trying to protect himself and protect his daughters at all costs. So we don't know why um, Lot is afraid to be at Zor. But at the, at the end of the day, he's being driven and controlled by fear, not by faith, not by trusting in God, not by thanking God that by God's grace, he just saved him. And if God saved him, why would he save him for the purpose of hiding in the, in the mountains? No, God saved him for a purpose. And that purpose would have been to live for God. But instead, as Lot was delivered from destruction, he ends up just living by fear and trying to control himself or control his situations by himself. So verse 31, it says, And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. So now she makes an interesting statement. She says there's no man to come into us or ultimately to have sex with us, to procreate. Um, there's no man on the whole earth, which is not true. But because Lot has had kind of controlled them and said, Hey, we're going to live in this cave um, in the mountains. There wasn't anyone that they could see that would um, be able to be their husband. And so again, 
And man, do I see this all the time in any other pastor or um, person in ministry ever that with young adults or young people struggling with wanting to be married or, or fit, feeling lonely will force it. Now, maybe not to this extreme, but it's like there's nobody. And then the first Christian that they find, it's like, let's get married, you know. And so it's important to be patient that the same God who saved us is the same God that's going to sanctify us and lead us um, through our life. And so um they're fearful and they're saying you know there's no one there's no one that is going to be able to um uh betroth us but that isn't true now verse 32 it says she says come let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him or have sex with him that we may preserve offspring from our fathers so they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went and laid with their father he did not know what when she lay down or when she arose so what a what a solution right it's like we don't know what's going to happen we're afraid of our future so we're gonna get our father drunk so that we can get impregnated bad idea verse 34 the next day the firstborn said to the younger behold i lay i lay last night with my father let us make him drink wine tonight also then you go in and lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father so they made their father drink wine that night also the younger arose and lay with him and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose thus the both the daughters of the lot became pregnant by their father man if this isn't it doesn't make you sick um i don't know what will and um just the sin the control the fear the worst case scenario right there's no man that can betroth us that we're our line is going to be broken that our family's going to die out which honestly it's like even if your family dies out that's better than sleeping with your father. That's better than um, getting your father drunk so that you can get impregnated and, and, and um, from incest. This is just crazy. But it was this control. It was this having their focus on the things of this life that obviously Sodom and Gomorrah, um, the wicked culture, had infiltrated their thinking at some level that made them think this was okay because this is not something that Abraham, who they related to, who they've seen the hand of God on Abraham's life and provide all these different things. Um, this isn't something that he would approve. This isn't something that their family would approve of. But for some reason, by living in Sodom and Gomorrah, they came to the conclusion that this was okay, that to, to control their lives and to avoid the worst case scenario. And that's the thing that for you and I, if we're dealing with anxiety, depression, um, any sort of mental illness, if we're struggling with fighting that worst case scenario, man, we will try to, we'll do anything in our power to avoid whatever situation we're so afraid of. Um, we will go at so many lengths to avoid that fearful situation. <clears throat> in reality, it probably won't happen, number one. But number two, if it does happen, then it happens. And ultimately, God is still in control. So um, finally, he finishes with <coughs> um, the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites this day. The younger also born a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. Now, if you aren't familiar with your Bible history as much, um, the Moabites and the Ammonites are major foes of Israel. And so from this sin, from Lot's daughters committing this sin of getting him drunk, they give birth to nations that are contrary to God and contrary to God's people for um, their entire existence. And so they think they're saving their line for some glorious task, but in reality, um, they are just giving way to generational sin, generational curse, and generational death. And um, the Moabites get wiped out by Israel, and they hire Balaam, this false prophet, who, well, he, he hears from God, but he's a wicked prophet. And 
Um, they enticed the, the people of Israel to marry pagan wives and to turn away from the Lord. And ultimately, God brings judgment on the Moabites as well as later on the Ammonites who, who fight Israel, who will not help Israel coming out of Egypt. And so this big, the, the daughters of Lot trying to stop the worst case scenario created a worse scenario than they ever thought would have been possible and that was ultimately to be contrary of god, to god and contrary to god's people for literally generations um and to have a wicked people who served false gods but here's the blessing in all of this is um the most famous moabite of all time um i think in, in the bible or the most important moabite is ruth and ruth is a moabite woman and she can trace her um, lying back to um, Abraham at some level, but ultimately she's identified as a Moabite woman. And through Ruth and her redemption, um, through Boaz in the book of Ruth, that Ruth ends up being um, in the line to Jesus Christ. That from basically then, you know, Ruth's great, 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 however great um, grandsons would be Jesus Christ. That there was through her and her redemption from Boaz comes this woman who ends up being a big part in the line to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And so what's really cool about this is even though these women, um, Lot's daughters, um, destroyed the, their race. I mean, they, they, they destroyed their line. They destroyed their line through the Moabites and to the Ammonites that brought nothing but death and evil. But God used a woman, right, to then redeem um, the Moabites to redeem Lot's line and ultimately to lead to the Messiah. And so God is in the business of redeeming people, but Ruth was a very faithful person. Ruth was willing to do anything and everything she had to do in order to be faithful and ultimately um, to follow the God of Israel, that she leaves her pagan gods for the God of Israel. And so here's the thing is Ruth came from a family, came from a generation that lived by works and lived by wicked deeds, that lived by control, that lived by fear, that lived by worst case scenario. But Ruth left that. And Ruth decided by the grace of God to live by faith. And by faith, she not only finds happiness, she not only finds joy, she not only finds marriage, but she finds herself smack dab in the middle of God's plan to the line um, to Jesus Christ. And so for you and I, at any point, maybe we come from a long line of trauma. Maybe we come from a long line of mental illness. Maybe we come from a long line of just sin and death and um, generations that have not served Christ. But for you and for me, we can choose today that we are going to live by faith. And we can choose by the grace of God to rely on Jesus Christ, to call out to him and say, God, save me. That I need to be saved for myself. I need to be saved from obsessive thinking. I need to be saved from um, worst case scenario. I need to be saved from these things. Now, there are some practical steps you can take through um, counseling, through doctors, through different avenues. But at the end of the day, if you don't get at the, at the spiritual root, the foundation of what's going on, um, nothing else is going to fix it. There's no pill that can fix that. Uh, medication can help. Counseling can help. But ultimately, it's the Spirit's work in our heart that gets to the root of what obsessive thinking really does. And so um, I appreciate you listening into the Way podcast. Um, I can hear my son singing on his microphone. I don't know if you guys can, um, but I sure can. And so I will wrap up this, uh, this episode right here. And um, if you guys have kids, you know what I'm talking about. And so um, I'm going to go spend some time with my family. But I hope that you guys got something out of this episode of worst case scenario, obsessive thinking, and living by faith. Don't live by lots 
um, by the by the life of Lot's daughters. So God bless you. Hope you have a great day. And check us out at any time at www.52ministries.org or download at any um, any uh, podcast app. All right, thank you.